I'm reading today from Psalms 78 and 6. Psalms 78 and beginning at the 6th verse. Listen to the word of the Lord today, that the generations to come might know them, even the children which should be born. God has a concern for everyone. The generations to come, even the children that should be born, who shall arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God. We need to tell the next generation tonight, today, where that generation to come can set their hope in God. He said, and not forget the works of God, but do this, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers. Isn't that a sad thing? We would not be as their fathers. And then he told us what the fathers were. The, he said they were stubborn, rebellious, a generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, whose spirit was not steadfast fast with God to here's the mistakes they made they were rebellious they set not their heart aright and their spirit was not steadfast everybody say steadfast you know it's one thing to have our heart right and it's another thing to keep our heart steadfast and it was the mistake they had made there's their heart and their spirit was not steadfast with God. Then he said, the children of Ephraim, which was the sons of, of uh, Joseph, who was the son of Jacob of Israel, Ephraim being armed and carrying bows. You know what they did? He said, they turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shewed them. Sad, sad thing today, how that we can have such a wonderful beginning with God and a wonderful begin this great journey and then turn back. And I just want to preach to you today by the help of the Lord, what causes people to turn back in the day of battle? And we are in a battle. I'm going to tell you, right and wrong has always been engaged in a battle. And I would say to the infidel that doesn't believe in God, well, why is there a devil then? Why is there so much evil? Thank God for righteousness. Amen. Thank God for a right way and a wrong way. And I'm glad we found the right way. And it's all right for everybody to clap your hands to the Lord. That's right. Amen. There's certainly a battle on today. There is a war that is being fought in the minds of every person that is in this building, those that are not here today. This war we're engaged in today. And he talked about the children of Ephraim. The Bible said they were armed, they were carrying bows, so they were well equipped. But when they came to the battle, they turned back in the day of battle. They turn back in the day of battle. What a sad, sad thing. Because when you go back and you look at their father, and that being Joseph, and then you read and study the life of Joseph, you, you say shame, shame on Ephraim. 
to have a daddy like they had and be weak-kneed like they were, that is a sad, sad story. That is a sad thing to happen, is that they would turn back. They were armed, they were carrying bows, but when they met the enemy, their knees began to smite one another, and they just said, I just believe I'll just turn around and go back the other way. But it was that Joseph that had that fighting spirit in him and that determined spirit that when he was faced with all the difficulties, everybody say difficulties. Is life not filled with difficulties? Is life not filled with difficulties? When he was faced with all the difficulties of life and, and uh, unbelievable situations, amen, he had that strength and that determination to look the lion in the mouth and say, I'm not giving up and I'm not turning around. Even though I'm suffering for doing what is right. You know, it's one thing to suffer when you've done wrong and you'd beg, oh God, have mercy on him, forgive me and help me and take this suffering off of me. But when you have done everything that is right and you're still, you have trials and problems and you suffer, then your faith is really being tested. And this was Joseph. His faith was tested. But was it ever said of Joseph that he faced all these things and then he turned back? Everybody say no. No. He never turned back. He fought. He fought. He fought. And that's what I'm preaching to today is a whole bunch of warriors in the house today. Every person here is a warrior. Amen. And we're here to fight, as the apostle Paul said, we're here to fight a good fight. Everybody say a good fight. That's what he said at the end of his race. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith and I have finished my course. Hallelujah. What a victorious life, a life that fights a good fight and they keep the faith and they finish their course that's set before them. And by the help and the grace of God, we're going to be victorious in this race against the enemy. And may it never be said of you as it was said of Ephraim. They were armed. They were equipped. They had what they needed to win. But they turned back in the day of battle. I look at young men in this house. I look at young couples in this house. Beautiful lives. Beautiful beginnings in their life. In their, the way they have started their life. Amen. A wonderful companion. Beautiful children beginning of a business, hey man, blessings on top of blessings, hey man, and somewhere in this battlefield, on this war, in this war, it is easy to get confused and to decide, well, I think I'll just turn around and I will just go back. Hallelujah. Put the fight in us today. I want to give you some reasons why people once they engage in this battle, once they receive this wonderful gift of his presence, and the anointing of God in their life by repenting and being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the infilling of his spirit, amen, by the evidence of speaking in other tongues, amen, then they get confused, they're on the battlefield and they get tired and they get weary and they decide, well, I'll just turn around and I will go back. Here is some of the things that happens to people when they 
start this journey. Amen. They become offended by the word. That's right, by the very word of God. See, a preacher does not have no options today. I only have one book to preach out of. I only have one Bible. Hallelujah. I can't make up another one. I can't twist it. I can't change it. I can't make it say something it didn't say. We just read the Bible. And whatever the Bible says, we believe in the literal interpretation of God's holy, eternal word. Thank God for the truth. And thank God for the Bible. Everybody say the Bible. But I have to tell you that people get offended at the Bible. And Jesus gave that parable. He talked about the seed that was sown, comparing it to the kingdom of God, comparing that to men, how you sow the seed. And some seed, he said, fell by the wayside. And then there was seed that fell on the stony ground. And then there was seed that fell among the thorns. Well, the one, the seed that fell in the stony places, the Bible said they immediately, they received it, and guess how they received that word? This is individuals he's talking about. This is people that come to church, and immediately they receive the seed, the word of God in their heart, and they're just so happy and delighted. My, I finally found it. My life has changed. Now I'm on the right track. I'm so glad that I have received the word of God in my heart. The scripture says, yet he hath not root in himself. He dureth for a while. For when tribulation, tribulation, you know what that is. That stress, that suffering, or persecution. You know what persecution is. That's when you're being harassed for your religious belief or, or something. That is persecution. The Bible said when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word. Everybody say because of the word. That was the reason. Because of the word. By and by the Bible said he is offended. It discourages the warrior and he turns around. What, what was wrong? Well, the problem was, is it was received on stony ground. Amen. It, did, it would, could not find roots. It couldn't go down. It couldn't get a, get a hold of uh, something, uh, food and nourishment, moisture. It, it was because it landed on rocks. You know what happened? Amen. You can get excited about church uh, and never let church get down in your heart. You can get excited about living for God and never really let the word of God and the spirit of God get down in your spirit. When the word is received into a stony heart, that heart, that person cannot last long. That's the reason we emphasize prayer so much. That's the reason we believe in prayer. You know what prayer is? Prayer is the jackhammer against a stony heart. If you keep bringing that stony heart to a prayer meeting and you keep turning loose prayer on it and saying, God, I want to humble myself. I want to be a pro I want to tell you the only flesh that God can use today is broken flesh. God cannot use arrogant flesh. God cannot use flesh that's filled with pride. The only flesh that God can use today is broken flesh. Well, hallelujah. 
And when we do not allow our flesh to be broken, then we have a stony heart and the root, it can't go down. And then when comes tribulation and you get in distress and you start suffering for the gospel, and then somebody starts making fun of your newfound religion and they won't have anything to do it and they reject you because that you've got into an occult, they call it, when only you've got into the Bible. See, we have no other book around here. We don't preach out of any other book. Amen. We have not wrote a book of, of, of Pentecostalism. It's amazing to me that people would want you to believe in some other book other than the Holy Bible. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for his word. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, if you live your life by this book, somebody's going to laugh at you because you will not fit with this world. You'll find things in this book, amen, that the movie stars and the, and the ungodly of Paris and the designers and on and on don't do, you'll find it in this book. And when this book is more important than you, to you, than all the fashion designers of this world or anybody else in this world, I want to tell you what you found. You have found real life and you have found real living. Come on, everybody love him right now. Come on, let's talk to him together. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing today. Hallelujah. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Have you ever been to a church and hear something that was a hard saying? And they asked the question, they said, who can hear it? Who's going to listen to that kind of preaching? Well, take a look around you. You can, you can discover them you, for yourself. You come to hear me preach today. So, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. If preaching all it does is tickle your ears, they're not preaching enough out of the book. Somewhere at some time it needs to get to where you're living. Well, praise God. They said, who can hear it? From that time, listen to this now. This is the next verse. I'm reading from John 6 and 60. And then 66 said, for at that time, many of his disciples, whose disciples? Jesus' disciples went back. Everybody say went back. They turned around. They were armed. Brother, they had the best armor in the world. They had Jesus Christ walking around by their side. As the master, as the leader of the army, it was Jesus Christ. All they had to do is just get in line and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. They have the best captain. They have the best general. It'll never get better than Jesus Christ. Woo. Yes, hallelujah. Can't help but get happy. Can't help but get glad. Can't help but be filled with thanksgiving. The scripture said, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And Jesus said, you know what, maybe I need to change my message. 
Maybe I need to reevaluate. Maybe I need to adjust it to the modern times where I will be acceptable because, you know, really, I'm a politician. No, hey amen. A preacher's not a politician. A pastor's not a politician. Hallelujah. The Bible said then Jesus, then said Jesus unto his 12, will ye also go away? You want to leave too? And hallelujah. And old brother Simon Peter stepped up and answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure Brother, that's what makes the difference. When you believe and when you are sure that thy art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. There is no place else. Hey, folks, there's no other book to read. You can read them all, but this is the book. You can study all the philosophers you want to study, but this is still the book. You can... Listen to whoever you want to listen to. This is still the book. There may be some other men have some good ideas, but I'm going to tell you this is the final authority. It's the Bible. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. By the way, just a side note. Amen. The Bible I've got up here, I don't know. I've never lost a Bible before, but... Since the funeral, some way my Bible has got misplaced. But I got a, I had this one in the office. It says, Holy Bible. And down at the bottom it says, Rubel Vaden Holmes. I thought, well, this is just a good Bible to preach out of. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the truth. Amen. Second reason that men turn back. They turn back in the day of famine. It was Elimelech that was living in Bethlehem, Judea. Bethlehem, Judea. Woo! Bethlehem, Judea. You know what happened in Bethlehem, don't you? That's where he was living. Who knows? He may have been living right close to the inn where the king of kings was going to be born. I am getting a little Christmas in here, right here. It's the Christmas part of the message. Amen. Hallelujah. Bethlehem. But there were some trials that come up. And there was a famine that hit Bethlehem. There was some problems come up. And during this famine in Bethlehem, Elimelech said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my wife and I'm going to take my two boys and we're going to move. Well, where are you going, Elimelech? There ain't no other place to go. Elimelech, don't you understand when it happens, it's going to happen right here? Don't you know that when God blesses, he's going to bless right here? You don't need to run off somewhere to the blessing center. You're living in the blessing center, Elimelech. 
But even in the blessing center, you're going to get tested and sometimes there's going to be famine in the land. I'm talking to you about what turns warriors around is when there is a famine in the land. They can't sell a house and they can't get a deal done and they, they're having hang-ups and they're having problems. And the devil says, you know what you need to do? You need to get out there and go. You, you know what they did? They, they moved about 15 miles is what they did. They left Bethlehem, Judea. And they moved from Bethlehem across Jordan. They'd already crossed that Jordan this way. Now they're going back across this way. Their forefathers came this way. They were traveling west. But oh, Elimelech decides he's going to travel east. And he crosses Jordan. Gets on the wrong side. Brother, it feels good to be living on the right side of Jordan. I'm glad I crossed over. They sing in the song. Amen. And he decided I'll go back across Jordan and get back over there on the other side where the Moabites are living. And I'll get, get into the land of the Moabites because I heard that the economy is good over there and, and there's a lot of bread over there. And I'm going over to, to the Moabites. And he left because the famine was in the land. But it was not long after that, his, his sons passed away. He passed away. It left his wife, Naomi. They had a daughter-in-law, Ruth. And she heard that there was bread in Bethlehem. See? And after she came back to Bethlehem, her words were this. I, this is the most amazing thing in the Bible. One of the amazing things. Think about what she said. She said, I went out full. Well, that was the reason you left, because you thought you were empty. No, she said, I, I left here home, Bethlehem, full. And she said, now I have come back empty. I'm going to tell you, every time the devil lies to you and tells you you don't have anything, that you're empty, it's hard, it's bad, you go live a few years with the Moabites and all of their little gods and many gods and worshiping three gods and four gods and five gods. You go live with them a little while and you'll wake up to realize, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Lord! You're in the church where we believe in that one God. And you'll be making your way back. And when you get back to Bethlehem, when you get back in church, you'll say, well, I want to tell you something. The devil lied to me. I thought it was tough in the church, but I realize now I was full, brother. Now I have come back and I am empty. So while you're in the church, just stay in the church. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But it's famine. It's trials that stop people and turn people around, and they lose their direction in the time of famine, in the time of problems. Hallelujah. Then the next reason men turn around 
It's 180 degrees from the reason I just gave you. This is what catches men. If famine doesn't get you, the good blessings of God will make soldiers turn around. God spoke to Israel and said, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water and fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and the hills. Listen to this. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and a land of oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not like anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of those hills thou mayest be blessed. And then here comes the danger, he says. Beware. Everybody say beware. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. In not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I have commanded thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein. Boy, don't we like good houses and don't we like plenty to eat. He said, beware, soldier, when you've reached that point that it's not the struggle it used to be, that you have finally fought and pressed and pushed and kept going to personal growth classes and reading and praying and listening and seeking advice and you have struggled through until you reach that place and finally it becomes the breakover point that blessings begin to flow your way and you're full and you've got a good house to live in. Really, uh, it says houses blessed abundantly and the herds and thy flocks are multiplied. Ooh, listen to this, thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage, that you would forget that your heart in the process of all this happening and all this good things coming your way that it would do something to your heart and your heart would get lifted up and you would forget the Lord that has blessed you. You know what? It'd be better to never get blessed than to let the blessings of God destroy you. You know, I've seen more people come to God and get closer to God in the time of famine, I think this is right, than I have seen people in the time of blessings because when it's time of blessings it's easy man why would i want to get in that car and drive to church tonight and get ready for church and here i've got this big comfortable chair at home and you hit a button and feet pops up hey man time to go to church Yes, and there was a day when you were searching for answers and you were looking and you were clawing your way through that you said, you know what, i got to get back down there to church. Amen. There may be a song. There may be a word. There may be a message preached. 
Hey folks, we still need God in 2007. I don't care if you own the banks, you still need this Holy Ghost and you still need to be in church. I don't care if you got homes in every city in America, you still need to be in church. Church needs to be a top priority in your life. Oh God, soldiers, may we never get so blessed that we lose focus of what we should be doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, help us. I have two more I want to give you today. Reasons that warriors turn back is because of the desire of fulfilling the lust of the flesh. The apostle Paul said among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, what we have it in, we had it in the lust of the, of the flesh. We used to talk wrong, is what he said. Listen to the next. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We used to. We had our conversation in time past in the lust of the, we don't talk like the world talks. We don't think like the world's thinking. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of a wrath, even as others. You know, one of the greatest business in this world and that is the business of entertainment and it, to excite the flesh and excite lustful desires. Men spend literally billions of dollars to be entertained like that. Something that arouses their nature and the lust of their flesh. The price is never too great. $100 tickets. And $125 to hear some wacko that their life is all messed up and they live like sin itself with no morals. It doesn't cost too much. Amen. The only thing people can get worried about is how much the church costs and how much is the church taking in. I just, that's just a little Christmas message now. Amen. Not to offend nobody, but it is the truth. The cost is never too great to fulfill the lust of this flesh and to look at things that excite your flesh and thank God for the advice of King David, and that is, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Brother, if you want to go right, don't be looking wrong. If you want to live right, don't. you know what the gate to this mind is. The biggest gate to this mind that affects our heart the most is these eyeballs. Yes, the ears affect, amen, but there's nothing that affects it like what the eyes see. That's the reason we still want our homes clean of Hollywood. That's right.
We don't want to be listening to people that make fun of people that live straight, they call it. Comedians, can you imagine mocking people that have a husband and wife and they're devoted to one another and they won't step outside that circle and they make a big joke out of it because they want to live with good morals and not be wacky like the world and be perverted and believe in perversion. Friend, if you will not allow somebody to come in your home and desecrate your home with immorals, you shouldn't allow them to do it in the living room over a nasty television. That's right. Because I'm going to tell you what you eat is what you are. If you live on trash, trash will get in your heart, in your head, and you wonder why am I driven like I am and why do I do the things that I do. Just take inventory of what you're feeding the mind and start feeding the mind the good book and the good positive things. Hey man, and positive living. Now my brother would like that preaching right there, Mr. Flemister. He'd like that right there. Just feed the mind on thinking on the good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'll tell you what, this is a this is a good journey we're on, isn't it? It's a wholesome journey. It's a happy journey. Amen. You don't have to live with a dirty conscience. You don't have to live with a stained conscience. You don't have to hold your head down about what you did last night. You can hold your head up. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Living right. No sweethearts on the side. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The love of the world. The Bible said love, this is what the book said. I'm reading you out of the Bible, directly out of the Bible. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, he said, it is the lust of the flesh, it's the lust of the eyes, and it's the pride of life. He said it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. Now listen to this, the world passeth away and the lust thereof, all, all this stuff that people are chasing, it's all going to pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now everybody give the Lord a hand clap. Up in the mezzanine, help me up there. That's right. Hallelujah. Last reason today is because soldiers decide that they want, it, it's that unendless desire that is a drive in every one of us. It's a basic drive that God put in us, and that is this, to be accepted. There's not a person in this building that does not want to be accepted by your peers and by your neighbors, your friends. That is a basic drive and a desire. It's amazing at what uh, people will do in trying to be accepted. And many times it's, they do things that gets reversed from what they desired, but that is the 
That, that is a God instinct in all of us. I want you to like me, and I want to like you. Amen. That's just a basic drive. But listen to the Word of God. He said, what? I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. He said, and I will receive you and I will be unto you, I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. It's that endless desire to be accepted that gets a soldier in trouble. See, in the Old Testament, it started with Israel. And Israel went to Saul. The elders went to Saul. Samuel, it was, the prophet. And said, Samuel, thou art old, and thy sons, they didn't walk in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Israel said that was the reason they wanted a king. They wanted a king where they could be like everybody else. And the scripture said it displeased Samuel that they would say, give us a king. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel, hearken to the voice of the people and all that they've said unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me and I will not reign over them. It was that burning desire. We want to be like the Amalekites and the Philistines, and we want to do just like they're doing things. So for that reason, we want to have a king. But God has a church, and he has a people called out of this world. Jesus said in John, 1 John, it's given to us, John the writer, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. And then in John 15 and 18, he said, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, Therefore, the world hateth you. Remember, here's what to remember, the word that I have said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sins, they will keep yours also. He said, you just need to remember, warrior, that if they hated me, they're going to dislike you. For what reason? Just because, just because you don't want to pattern your life after the world's, but you want to pattern your life after the book. Thank God for the Bible. Everybody clap your hands again. Amen. Go ahead and stand with me.
because I'm closing with this. Hallelujah. Warrior, what should we do? Everybody, ask the question with me. What should I do? Say it with me. What? Amen. I'm glad you asked. It's burning in my spirit to tell you. What should the First Pentecostal Church do? What should the warriors in the house do today? What should they do? I'll tell you what they should do. First of all, they are to shout at the word. Instead of getting offended at the word, the warriors are to rejoice at it. There used to be an old preacher many years ago come preach for us. His name was Brother Joe Duke. He was blind. And brother, he would preach. Amen. Somebody would lead him to the pulpit. And, and he, would, he would preach. And when he got through preaching, he said, uh, well, anybody's mad at me, bring me a $5 bill. Amen. I don't know if he was trying to heal it or trying to pour salt in the wound. Amen. But I want to tell you, warrior, we're going to rejoice at the word. We're not going to get offended. We're not going to be offended. If it's in the book, we're in the book. We believe in the book. Listen, thank God for the Bible. And thank God for somebody preaching to us the word of the Lord. How will you ever grow if somebody don't challenge you? And let me tell you something else about the word being preached. When you hear the word preached, way down inside, something's going to say to you, he's really telling the truth. That's really like it is. You know what? I read that out of my Bible too. And we're going to shout about it. What are we going to do when there's famine, warriors? We're going to shout. We're going to rejoice. In 1491 BC, 1491 years before Christ, Israel walked across that Red Sea. They got on the Red over on the other side of the Red Sea. They wrote songs. If you don't think we got a right to shout, read it and come back and shout tonight. They got tambourines out. They beat the tambourines. They danced. They danced. Hey, the church was dancing long before the world stole the dance from the church. They were dancing unto the Lord. They were praising God. And in that same year, Perhaps in that same month, just a few days, they went just a little farther and the, they got some water and they tasted that water and ooh, tastes just like sulfur. Have you, ever, have you ever drank water and it tastes like rotten eggs? Oh, there is no way on the, the strongest men in the army can't drink this stuff. They had a famine. And they got to complaining and murmuring when they should have said, hey, if he could open the Red Sea and he could part them waters, 
He can make these waters sweet. Get out of here, devil. Get out of here, doubt and unbelief. I'm going to hold on to my tambourine. I'm going to keep rejoicing in the Lord. That's what we're going to do. When it's time of famine, we're going to rejoice in the Lord and give God praise. And then when God is blessing us, surely nobody has no trouble shouting when he's blessing you. Hallelujah. And then we're going to overcome our flesh because we're going to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we're going to rejoice that God has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. We're going to rejoice, soldiers, that we're not like this world. Amen. Hallelujah. How blessed today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't the soldiers... Sisters, would y'all mind if the men came down around the front today? Would y'all mind? Would y'all let them out? Would you just come on? Come on, soldiers. Walk down here with me. Visitors are welcome. Everybody's welcome. Amen. Come down with us today. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to close around this altar in prayer today. Hallelujah. That we've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. We have been abundantly blessed. Come on, let's thank him, soldiers. Come on. Amen. Up in the mezzanine. Don't go home. Just come down here and help me. Amen. Hallelujah. Come down here and rejoice with me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Sing it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It works. It works. It works. The word works for me. Come on. Yes, Lord. It works. It works. Would you close your eyes and sing it as a prayer together today? Yes, Lord. If it says I'm healed, oh, yes, Lord. Then I know I'm healed. Yes, Lord. If it says I'm saved, I know I'm saved. We're so thrilled, God. We're so happy today, God. Said earlier prayer service tonight and then 
church service, 7 o'clock, don't forget. And then uh, we're going to just have a week of prayer. Uh, Wednesday will be prayer and uh, all this next week. Preparing ourselves for the new year. 2008 is going to be our most victorious year. We're believing with all of our heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I would like to encourage you to sure make it a point. Uh, come as often as possible to prayer this week. And uh, for sure on Saturday. Everybody say Saturday. Amen. Make it a time. Bring your family. Make that special prayer time and consecration. Because uh, we're having our uh, special service on Monday night. Be having communion, foot washing, great time in the Lord. Lord willing, Brother Holland will be here with us. We're great, looking for a great outpour of His Spirit. So uh, we want our hearts prepared. We don't want to take communion with things in our heart, do we? And so it gives us a week to search our heart. Everybody say, search our heart. We want to search our heart. If there's something wrong, make it right. Let's start the year off with a clean heart and a right spirit. Can I hear amen in the house? Amen. And then after we get through with Monday night, we're going to have a big country breakfast. Pancakes, pork chops, sausages, all that good stuff. Don't need to talk about that right now, do we? Amen. Don't want anybody to get run over trying to get out of the house today. Amen. Hallelujah. It's going to be a great time. Brother, some of the other brothers, Brother Adams is going to be with us on Monday night, different ministers looking for a great time in the Lord. Praise God. Victory and Holy Ghost service tonight, looking for somebody to find the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn around right now and shake somebody's hand. Tell them how glad we are to have them today. Oh, You're works. dismissed. It works. It works. It works. It works for me. If it says I'm healed, then I know I'm healed. If it says I'm saved, I know I'm saved. If it says I'm blessed, then I know I'm